Have you checked out Rockbox Electronics yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Rockbox Electronics produce some of the finest guitar pedals we've come across. Rockbox Electronics are committed to creating the greatest sounds in rock using the best of vintage and modern technologies. What I love about them is they sound like a, an old amp turned up loud, and that's the best guitar tone. Ask anyone who knows what they're talking about. The best guitar tone is an amp turned up loud. But you can't really do that these days. So instead, we find other solutions. One of those solutions is Rockbox Electronics pedals. My favorite is the Baby Blues. I also love the Boiling Point. There you go. Rockbox.com. Yes. All right. Good. Welcome to Don't Give Up Your Day Job, the podcast, the only podcast you need. Today on the show we have Jimmy Cara, known to many of you as Cara Gordon. He's, he's changed his uh, stage name along the way there somewhere. Um, boy, what a ride it was talking to Jimmy. That's weird to call him Jimmy, I know him as Cara. But that's cool, I respect that. He's trying different things, he's changing it up. Uh, I, actually, I actually don't know him and uh, didn't know him before this interview. I have met him a few times in passing, um, but I've never had any kind of meaningful interaction with him. I know about him. I know I know he's out there. He's playing a lot. He's he's uh, he's got a reputation, that's for sure. Um, he's a very very different type of guitar player to me, and in many ways, I think we approach the instrument from completely different angles. So I wasn't entirely sure how this conversation would go because it's almost like our uh, well, I assumed our musical ethics <clears throat> were very opposed. Um, didn't really turn out to be true, sort of, but it also was true, sort of. And you'll hear him talk about how his ambition in many ways was uh, to put on the outfits and you know be, be larger than life and to play fast and crazy and, and be very theatrical, be a performer in that way, uh, which was never something I really thought about. I was more uh, about songwriting and and for me the guitar was um, simply a vehicle. For, it was just a way to write songs and a way to kind of lead a band and that sort of thing. And I got into, I guess, a more subtle way of playing where I take a, a less is more approach. Um, and I think Cara or Jimmy prefers an Ingwe Malmsteen approach, which is more is more. And fair enough, it works for him, obviously. He's out there playing loads. He's made a name for himself. He's done some amazing shit. You know, he's open for Slash. And more bizarrely, he's open for Elton John. I never quite understood how that worked, but hey, why not? New Zealand audiences have seen him on stage with Fly My Pretties, and he's recently been uh, part of the tribute show for the late Aaron Tokina, who unfortunately passed this year. They've been doing what sounds like an incredible show that they've, I think they've done three or four performances around the country. Uh, with a whole lot of guest artists, and um, yeah, he's been part of that. So we talk about that quite a bit, and I say it in the episode, but I, I think it's a valid point that while we are different types of musicians, one thing I really admire about about Jimmy is the fact that he has a very supportive and kind of community vibe about him, and he's always promoting other players, and he's always very supportive and kind to people in social media and that sort of thing. And I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but I just think it's cool because I, I've felt firsthand um, the opposite vibes that do exist out there, the tall poppy thing, the negativity, the competition, everyone's slagging each other off. And, you know, Jimmy's in a position of, of I guess he's he's got some spotlight for what he does and he could be a dick about it, but he's not being a dick about it. Instead, it's part of his ethos to try and encourage people. And it doesn't matter who you are. I think that's a cool way to be. So this is a trip. This is a ride. Buckle up. Here's my conversation with Jimmy Cara. Now let's do this. Don't give up your day job. You know, <laughs> flew on all the way from Crusher just today. <laughs> Did you actually fly in today? Yeah, like, so I've been doing this tour for Aaron Tolkien, I think. Mm, yeah. And we did Wellington and Tauranga. And we got, yeah, I've flown to Christchurch to do that one with lots of different people in Aaron's life and that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, well, that's been pretty cool. How's it been going? It must no, be... really wicked, man. Yeah. Lots of support and people fucking dig it. And it's... It, it, it must be an emotionally charged show to be part of. Oh, it is, man, because his, his brother plays drums on it and mm. uh, 
you know, we, at the Tauranga one we had, you got old Jolie and um, you know, from LAB. And, yep, Chad Bob. Yep. Yeah, and what's his name? Oh, my brain. <laughs> I, got, I have another coffee. Yeah, have another sip. <laughs> It's not liquor. I want spurt out some real crazy stuff. <laughs> oh, that coffee's late, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Francis Cora and uh, yeah, and the, it's a really cool set because it's like it starts with the Cora and I fight and stuff and um, skinny hobos yeah. do that. Yep. And then uh, Jason Peters and different guests like I don't know Jason Kerrison was doing one and this fella Henry Carr who like toured with uh, Aaron and stuff mm. and. Um, they do the wettest set, and then I get up and do the Hori Buzz set. Right. And I, ch- I made up an original song called As a Tron for him, which I get chuck in. And, Fantastic. And then do his songs and and do, uh, you know, a couple of Hendrix numbers. He yep. used to do that one, Hey John, about, uh, you know, <laughs> screw you, John Key. Well, yeah, we, t- <laughs> we, we turned it into Hey uh, hey Trump, but <laughs> get the hell out of the White House. But, you know... <laughs> Political comedy and satire and humor, yeah. yeah. I will get there. We, we always get there. <laughs> yeah. So when did you meet Aaron? Like, what was your first sort of introduction to him? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. So, well, basically, I got put in the fly on my pretties and he got out. Right. And then I was doing the slot with that. And then his manager was sort of, uh, Tony Sheard at the time, was on the road with us. And he's just like, bro, I thought of an idea. We should suss out some gig with you and Aaron, you know? Yeah. And so, I think the first time, yeah, I initially met him was that gig at the Juice Bar at the time in Auckland. Right. And, you know, we he did a set and I did a set and we hung out afterwards and it was Got just more, yeah, more and more apparent. You know, he's a hoary, mouldy fellow that's into shredding and being a funny, cheeky <laughs> bastard and opinionated. And I was like, yeah, I'm a bit like that myself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what, I mean, this might be a daft question, but what does hoary actually mean? Because I thought, I used to think it was an insult. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pride with honour, bro. <laughs> so we see it well, now. it seems to be used with affection these days. <laughs> yeah, it is affectionate. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's like being a lovable rogue and, you know. Right, like I, I, heard, I heard a funny story like down in Wellington, I think, and it was telling me they played this gig and, uh, you know, Aaron was playing and then something upset him, so he just threw the guitar on the fucking keyboard and walked off the stage. <laughs> <You know? It's> like, <laughs> well, you know, there's one little hoary element. And then I heard a funny story about Hori, the bass player, his uncle was meant to, you know, he went to catch a plane and, you know, uh, yeah, bro, you went to plane here and he went to the airport. <laughs> yeah. And they called up, bro, where are you? Oh, I've never caught a plane. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like funny little stories like that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, do you, would you describe yourself the same way? Oh, I don't know. Like, are you are you a little bit like that loose kind of thing, or are you like super organised and professional? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you just answered the question. <laughs> yeah, super organised and professional, professional drinker at times, but <laughs> part of the gig. <laughs> but I mean, like, because I've, I mean, and maybe it's a, a quirk for me, but I've always been like crazy organised. That's and cool. Like, but well, I'm not trying to like say I'm better. I'm just saying like that's the way that I've figured out how to make a living. Yeah, so absolutely. I've, so I've always been like intrigued with people who are looser because it's like how the fuck do you stay alive oh you know? to be fair the gigs i'm looser but i'm organized and professional and you know when it has to when i have to do it right when, when it counts but yeah you know, other than that i mean i'm in the song and dance business you know it's <laughs> fun and games and not take myself too too super seriously and have fun up there really and what were the like how did the shows go on a on an organisational level. Oh, if- mate, this guy, Jason Peters, Yeah, he's he's amazing pumpkin drummer. He's the one that organised the whole thing. Right. And, you know, he, he, he called out to me, and, bro, I mean, you're the whoreest follower I know that plays guitar. You <laughs> 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 might as well jump on for the whorey buzz thing. <laughs> like, bro, what do you mean? You'll meet some other whorey followers. You might even start a band. Yeah? <laughs> I'm starting to feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> That's pretty No funny. one's ever called me whorey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah, because I noticed that we're, I mean, well, in my opinion, we're quite different types of guitar players, and but yeah. I but I think I'm the odd one out. Funnily enough, I think that I think that I've been uh, I, I never really got into guitar culture the same way other guitarists did because my first interest in love was writing songs. Yeah, great and, you know, songs, and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, not to say that wasn't your thing, but 
um i didn't do what i think you did which was like sit down and learn other people's riffs and solos and stuff which probably gives you a bigger vocabulary in that department right i was just a little snotty nosed kid who wanted to play like jimmy Hendrix and van yeah. halen and all those guys and yeah i guess that's where it all started out yes yeah, how did you get born. into those guys like family or something or? well when i was about four years old I got a little ukulele and I was trying to learn how to play my favorite cartoons, the Flintstones (laughs) (laughs) and the Simpsons and whatnot. And then my brother, you know, he was saying, and then he came back and he was just outrageously wasted on acid (laughs) and put on this Jimi Hendrix Plays Monterey video. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, wow, I want to do what that guy does, dress crazy and play the guitar with his teeth. And wow, that's pretty cool. (laughs) And you were, how old were you? Oh, it's probably you know six or seven. Yeah, that's wow. this is my upbringing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my yeah. brother <laughs> off his head. Oh man, Jimi Hendrix, dude. <laughs> that's not the Snorks. Oh, fire. <laughs> <laughs> the Snorks. Yeah, yeah, I used man. to love the Snorks. <laughs> yeah, so that was like my musical beginning was uh, cartoons and tr- oh, what am I learning? Hey, man, I just do, <laughs> yeah, do, you know. Yeah, yeah. And my brother, yeah, this guy plays guitar too. I was like, wow. I relate to that because the first thing I ever tried to do before I didn't listen to anything was I I tried to play um, nothing as cool as the Flintstones, but I tried to <laughs> I tried to play things like um, Christmas carols and yeah and, yeah and stuff yeah. like it's like just obvious melodies and and what I what I now retrospectively understand is I was teaching myself intervals. Mm-hmm. You know, because like the first time you try and play Jingle Bells, but you get the interval wrong, and it definitely doesn't sound like Jingle Bells, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And then when, when I was first actually in lessons and stuff, it sort of made more sense to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, So that makes totally. a lot of sense to me that you were, that you were doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's lots of stuff where you've practiced and played as a kid, and you're mucking around having fun, and then yeah. it's actually building certain musical muscles. Right, and yet it's not, it doesn't feel like a chore, it. right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just a game. Yeah. Yeah. And and what was the ambition at that point? Or was it too are you too young to actually have ambition? Oh, I wanted to play I wanted to dress up crazy and play guitar with my teeth and, <laughs> and, and be like that guy, Jimi Hendrix and yep. have, you know, and all that stuff. And then one day I, yeah, I mean I was it was a hobby in you know, school and mucked around. Yeah. And then when I was about twelve years old, my dad took me to this place at Alhambra where these like real old musician dudes were playing jazz stuff and I was kind of you know and long story short they like I was going to the jam nights there and just picking out stuff and then they they were like we'll give you 50 bucks and some chips and I was like I've cracked it (laughs) I've made it (laughs) so you guys do the paper run for five bucks a year I got my I'm I'm, I'm sitting on candy right now yeah it all just you know Otherwise, I got my my chips and my, you know, that's where it all <laughs> and started. you're now a professional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your first paid gig. Yeah, what? Where, where were you? Where did you grow up? Glenfield in Auckland. Yeah, and yeah, that's about it. And played at the Alhambra. Yeah, where, where was the Alhambra? Uh, it's this little that little place in Ponsonby. What's it called? Ah, it's, it's closed down. It was years and years ago. Yeah, like real old school dudes like. Um, Eddie, Eddie Rolls and guys used to show up. Whoa! <laughs> and I'll be in the background. Jing, jing. I got my fifty bucks and my chips. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't upstairs, was it? Was it yeah, upstairs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real old Did it eventually turn into a food court? Yeah, yeah. Because I played a gig up there. Yeah, yeah. In around two thousand or something, and I remember. Well, I think we might have played there a couple of times, but I remember we were a few songs into the gig, and some drunk guy came in and started messing around with a mixing desk. And just yeah, yeah. fucked it all up, and 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 that was we just went fuck this and left. <laughs> it, was just, it wasn't worth it, you know. But yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those venues back then, um, I have like really fond memories of, and I especially used to, I especially have fond memories of the Open Lake Cafe, yeah, which yeah. is right about that. You used to go there after gigs, and all the musicians would be there hanging out. Yeah, Do you remember that place? Oh, yeah, I can't. Where, where was that again? Well, it was on Ponsonby Road. It was right on the corner of Ponsonby Road and. Couldn't have been too far away from that venue, like actually. Like Java Jive area. Maybe. Was, maybe not so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah another, <laughs> that was a cool place, eh? Yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to go there as a kid as well. Yeah. Taken there. Yeah, exactly. And um, and so were you, as you came out as, as you know, as you were kind of emerging as a guitar player, uh, were you paying attention to what other people, other guitar players were doing? Were you competitive? Oh, I was really just saw it as a bit of fun, you know. We couldn't afford a PlayStation at the time, so if I could, <laughs> I saw it like conquering levels and meeting different bosses. Right. See, Ravon is the boss, and yeah, <laughs> and trying to, you know. And then I'd come across other great players in town. I mean, 
a whole lot changed when I was a kid, and I bumped across uh, Tamaranata, and you know, I ended up jamming with him. And right. Jesus, man, I just got you know, just a big beatdown. It was really, it was great though. <laughs> I had my cool pentatonic Hendrix licks, and yeah. he had all the old Emiola jazzy, crazy licks, and right, yeah. it was a real humbling experience at that time. You know, and I really loved meeting other great players and great styles, and yeah. And, you know, sometimes at high school, they had the battle of the bands. Oh, yeah, that fell pretty good. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I'll have to try and, you know, do the pull-off and sweep my teeth and right. all this crap. Because <laughs> yeah. I do notice, like, to this day, my impression of you is that while you're promoting yourself as a guitar player, as a leading guitar player, um, you're also very supportive of other musicians. Oh, yeah, mate. You know. Which is not all, not everyone's <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? I think that's that's a really great you know i think that's a compliment to you that you're like that I, I wish we had more of that you know well i try and look for other players that do cool stuff and and stuff that i can't do and i want to jam with them and and learn like yeah totally man yeah. like even on well on christchurch i set up this gig i saw this guy cameron walsh from christchurch really good kid you know prodigy guitarist i was yep. like let's do a gig down there and have a jam and you know it was really cool and He's got a few little tricks that I don't have, and it was really cool to just you know you pick out little bits here and there. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what were your what was your family like? Were they were they musical and? Oh, it's real funny actually. My mum's pretty. You know, my mum's a sweetheart, and my sister. And well, I had this one brother who was uh, you know I've got to be honest, mate, a drug addicted alcoholic that wanted to be like New Zealand's version. Of Bon Jovi, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I had a dad who's like hard out into you know classical and jazz and all the you know world music and virtuoso guitarists. Yeah, and they kind of hated each other. Well, I don't want you to be anything like your bum brother. Wow. And dad was like, <laughs> well, like yeah, your old man stuff's boring. More Eddie Van Halen and Satriani. <laughs> You want to get laid or you want to fucking play the grandmas, you know? And then Dad's like, no, you got to understand. You know, if you can't hang out with the great jazz guys, you're just going to be another bum, you know? And how, you, how much older is your brother? Oh, he's about 10 years. So. Okay, right. So and quite a bit. Yeah. actually, that was my very first band as well. Like, actually, one of the, the very first gig I did with him, oh, my God, I was six years old. And we learned, like, a couple of Bon Jovi numbers and a Van Halen number. Yeah. And... Uh, and he wakes me up at six in the morning. Yeah, man, we're gonna play this crazy gig, and there's gonna be all these chicks. But you gotta drink this bottle of whiskey <laughs> with me. <laughs> and on Pissa is he drives us to the uh, Honourable Domain Netball Court, and the girls are playing netball. <laughs> and White says, jumps on the table with our little busking hat. Are you ready to rock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm half pissed playing Bon Jovi numbers. And he, and then after the gig, he like shacked up with one of the. There was like this, you know, what was a solo mum was at the gig with her kid there, and we went back to their house. Right. My brother's like, yeah, you guys just play PlayStation, and while I'm hanging out with the kid playing PlayStation while he's in the other room with the mum, it's just like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's what rock and roll's about. And then I get back home, and Dad's like, you got him press, and blah blah blah, and we got told off. And then the next day, it's like. You gotta learn classical shit, and then my brother would always sneak in. Yeah, Hendrix and Van Halen, and so did your dad drink and stuff as well. Nah, my dad's a you know straight, pretty straight guy. dude. Yeah, you know? yeah. War on drugs. Don't be like your brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in that moment, were you were you torn between which one to kind of listen to, or were you were you biased one way in that moment? <laughs> It's real fun to play fast Eddie Van Halen looks and get drunk. Sure beats being a jazz guy and being ignored in the corner. Right. But then at the time, I was like, you know, I, I learned a lot from Dad and learned a lot from both. You know, I guess it's more like the culture from my brother. Yeah. And then the... The rock and roll culture, you mean? Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, the ridiculousness and the speedy guitar. You yeah. Know. And then my old man was, you know, more into the... Yeah, showing me like it's how it's... It's a wonderful thing to understand theory and have knowledge and absolutely be able to play some jazz stuff and, and you know. And did you learn that stuff? Yeah, I've learned. I mean, the basics, man. I mean, there's guys that'll run rings around me in the jazz world of in this country, really, absolutely. who de dedicate their lives to that. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? You've got to be in it every day to fully grasp And the harmonic thing. knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I can play through the charts and, you know, yeah. play a bit of, you know, four and the, the you know, but... yeah. And so I kind of went down the more 
sort of bluesy and you know a bit of shred and a bit of bit of cowboy country these days right <laughs> and so what i had heard on the grapevine was that that your family had identified you as a pretty hot player pretty young and that there was pressure put on like expectations put on you to, 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 to take it somewhere well my old man was like oh there's three kinds of musicians mate <laughs> bums Superstars or dead? <laughs> I ain't gonna put up. I don't raise no bums. <laughs> you know, if you end up like your brother, we all know you're gonna be dead. So you might as well get fucking good enough so you can play at the, you know, yeah, elite level. So I guess yeah, it was yeah. There's always been a bit of pressure to, you know, do something with it. Yeah. Did that impact you though? Like, did that? Did you feel like you had to live up to something? A little bit, but at the same time. I mean, my dad also wanted me to be a champion boxer and a, and a war guy right. or a rugby player. Yeah. Sure gets, you know, playing guitar is a lot easier than getting beat in the head. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. 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 And for me, I've all, that's why, like, I've, because he's been quite, you know, he's like an aggressive, tough, like, all right, here's how it is. Right. You fucked it up. <laughs> but I've all, like, because I've had quite a lot of that, I've taken on, on with a bit of humour, you know? Yeah. And would you say now you've got a thick skin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, some people that troll me, I'll, I'll tell them how it is, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, there's always those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, I try not to give that those people any thought, really. Yeah, because, fair enough. You know, they're... They're really just people who've got nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Having totally. a go, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess it's interesting to me because my experience was so opposite. Because my my experience was that no one in my family was musical or gave a flying fuck about music. Oh, wow. And so when I got the bug for it, it was more like everyone was trying to talk me out of it. Like this isn't going to work. You're not going to. It's not going to. You know. You're not going to get there. And so a lot of my ambition um, came from defiance. Of saying I'm going to show you. Oh, you know? cool, man! And and also just the fact that I loved it so much. It was just also my my romance, you know. Um, but I can't imagine what it's like to have like a father saying go and do, like go and be great at it and and that kind of stuff. You know, to me that's an opposite experience. <laughs> can, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you only know your experience too, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you hold him accountable for a lot of your um, achievements? Yeah, it's all your fault, you old fucking grumpy bastard. <laughs> it's a funny way of putting it, wasn't it? <laughs> that sounded funny as I said it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've I've been very fortunate to have a supportive old man, and you know, yeah, who was you know pretty tough on me in, in certain ways. But you know, right. I mean, at the same time, I was there playing all the stuff. So yeah, and you know, he's pretty cool these days. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I've just enjoyed. I've never really let anything like influence me too much. Well, of course, it was a huge influence, but yeah, yeah. There were times where I was like, yeah, that part there wasn't fucking clean, mate. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you did everything good, fucked up that bit. So, and I've been used to having that. So I kind of laugh it off now, you know. <laughs> but you seem to be, at least from a distance, you seem to be remark like somewhat fearless. <laughs> when it comes to your career like you're just out there doing it you know and and i don't know whether that's uh, if i'm reading it wrong or if you just have this bizarre built-in confidence <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my old man probably said yeah you're a cocky prick aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know mate like uh for me it's yeah i've just fucking I've just been unashamedly like, this is what I do. I'm a shred blues rock and roll guitar player. I like to have a fun time and have a laugh. So you not do you not really even think about whether you're confident or not? You just go and do it. Oh well, it's easier to play on stage than you know talk to a whole group of people. And, Absolutely. And well, everybody, let's have this presentation today. <laughs> you know, maybe I could do it. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like I get in my element. And I just I'm just there to play. And right. My whole thing is about music, and I sort of see it. It's bigger than me. Like even with how I like to encourage lots of different players, mm. I actually really like to build a more of a cool guitar like community, like they've got with the reggae dudes and yeah. That. And then we have our own little guitar blues, you know, bass festivals. I mean, right. That would be a really cool thing. I think we almost had one, didn't we? Or we did have one. Like 10, 15 years ago, there was a guitar festival, wasn't there? Yeah, the G. Taranaki. That's I mean, right. I did yeah. that one with um, Glenn Hughes. And yeah. I, I didn't go. Was it good? Yeah, it was awesome. I got to play with Glenn Hughes. It was like, wow! <laughs> and I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm in the band. 
<laughs> so where did where did you actually get your first instruments <coughs> from when you were a kid? Like you, your parents bought them for you? Or? Oh, I'd beaten up little uh, twenty dollar nylon string. Yeah, you know, and and my dream. Well, actually, I was the motivation for me because my dad got me a beat up piece of crap, like. And, and the action was, you know, oh, mate, it was like playing yeah. on barbed wire fence. Was, you know, he's like, you got to get good on this before I get you anything else. Right. And then my motivation was to try and one day I'll get one of those electric guitars like Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not good enough yet. you got to play, you know. Yeah. So I'd practice that and then I, you know, that, that one. And then I'd, I got another steel string one from there. And then I did, and then Dan was like, "Yeah, these bloody guitars are expensive. We're, we're going to find you some gigs somehow." And that's when we got <laughs> on to this this gig at the Alhambra. And then Dad would take the money and save that up. And then eventually, I got like a, a Samic oh, yeah. guitar electric pack. You know? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, oh my God, it's an electric guitar. It's like a Stratocaster. Yeah. And the old man was like, "Yeah, you get to play it a couple times a week. You still got to practice on the acoustic." What? <laughs> 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 so he held it back from you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And you get to use it at gigs, like like you have to treat it like a you know precious fucking wow, and all this stuff. And it was a treat to play that. So it's like I'm playing all these Jimi Hendrix Van Halen things on a nylon string. Going, oh my god. Yeah. And then I get on the electric. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> Do you think there's something in that? Do you think that's quite a good strategy? <laughs> in, a, in a way like like to because of course an acoustic is more physically demanding right yeah totally so do you think that helped your playing oh absolutely yeah. even to today when i practice i try and practice on my beat up crappy acoustic or right. cheap guitars yeah and then when i get to the show it's like <laughs> yeah and then it's like like no friction like see yeah yeah it just seems easier but yeah i sort of see it as training for that Right. I guess, yeah, I think that might have had it. I mean, my motivation was to play that electric guitar. Yeah. And I think if you're a kid and you get given all these things off the bat, you're like, oh, yeah, well, pick up the skateboard. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't have any value, eh? Yeah. yeah. What, have you um, checked out some of the Squires recently? Like, I always, went, <laughs> I always look at those cheap Squires and think, man, I wish I had one of these when I was starting out. They're actually pretty good guitars. Oh, yeah? Yeah, have you played one? Nah, well, I might have mucked around them, but... Yeah, I've, I've picked a couple up in stores, and I'm like, this is like, this is not that far away from a proper strat. <laughs> to me, if it feels good and it plays good, you know... Who cares? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Well, that gear snobbery thing I've talked about in a couple of episodes, and, and I find it quite funny, you know, because it, it doesn't seem to hold any water for me. Um, what, gear? I, yeah, like when people get really aggressive with each other about this is the right thing to play, and they get like arguments, especially when you see arguments online and stuff. And it's like, what are you, what are you all talking about? You know, I mean, I, I have, I think I have nice gear, and I, and I like what I have, but I don't, I don't look at someone else and go, what a moron, he's playing, <laughs> <laughs> he's playing the other thing, you know? Yeah. Do you, I mean, you do you get swept into that stuff? Oh, uh, I'm not a total gearhead. I've got quite a few mates, you know. Yeah. I've got my nine yard pedal board here let's right. look at every single setting and i'm like <laughs> i've had people after gigs yeah man this is what i want to do i want to have a sit down and i want to talk about your setup and your gear oh yeah i'll just i'll just go get a drink mate yeah yeah i'll be back because <laughs> i'm not yeah for me like tones and, and, and guitars if they feel right and they play good that's you know for the sound of what it is it's yeah. cool and for pedals and stuff i use it for colors like yeah, I've got a bit of delay, overdrive, and mm. you know, I've got this organ pedal, which is kind of cool. You know, gets me. I can sound like an organ. Is it like this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I've got the C9. You got C9. the key nine. I got the key nine. Yeah, I've heard the C9 is really good. Yeah, well, I saw the advertisement said you get you know sounds of the Doors and the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, and right. I was like, I gotta get that one. Yeah, and yeah, that's quite cool. And I got a wah wah and a compressor and. What kind of wire do you have, Crybaby? Yeah, just a, I, I got a cheap Joe Bonamassa wire. Oh, yeah. Because I've got this, like, it's right here. I've got this little mini wire. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a nicer sweep on it than the big wire. Yeah, I've been finding it's got a real wire. Yeah. Mid, mid thing with mine. Because I've always loved wire, but I found, like, the classic Crybaby wire, I've always found a bit not it's just like yeah yeah and it, they get noisy really quickly and you know yeah, yeah, yeah but that one's that one's solid as i actually prefer it and it fits on the board better yeah yeah uh, pretty <laughs> so, small and yeah it works pretty good so you do, do you have a pretty small pedal board like mine yeah pretty much yeah i mean like yeah going back to the gig with uh alex farrier mate yeah he's he's got two fucking motherboard you know like spaceships man <laughs> i don't know if you've seen him 
This is outrageous. In fairness, though, he is playing about three roles in that band. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, he is the bass player and the other guitarist. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, because he loops loops all that stuff in sync with the drums and then plays other bits and sync. I mean, it's amazing, you know, the layers that was happening. It's an incredible amount of coordination. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes find it confusing enough just to play and sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been like five guys. Yeah, I know. It's pretty hard out there. (laughs) So, and because I also read that you um that you're using these Lancaster pickups is that what they're called oh yeah so that was a funny thing um yeah I had this thing on the news and did this shredding thing and mm. and then the guy from Lancaster Joe Lang rang me up hey buddy mm. I like to uh I really like your playing I like to put these pickups in your guitar and wow and then I came around and played and then eventually over the years he's given me four but and that's really amazing, right? And, um, so, thirty thousand year old Cody Wood with um, with his pickups that he made, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's got like a booster uh, overdrive switch on it. That was what I was going to ask about because I read about this built-in overdrive. Like, how does how does that work? Well, basically, you you push the button and it gives you a bit of overdrive, and you you've got like a gain thing. Yeah, it can be on full. It's kind of like, you know, it's okay. I mean, personally, I I have it on. I have it backed up and then use my pedal. Right. And then, like, that gives me, like, a mid-boost sort of thing. That's right. Starts, you know. So you blend it yeah. with other things. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I go about it. That's cool. But it's pretty cool. I can just plug into any amp and, oh, I've got my own. I didn't have to pull out the pedal. You know, it's good for practicing <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm curious to know how you kind of got started. Like, you know, obviously you're a kid, you're at school, you're, you're looking, you know, looking at your great, um, at the players you like and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But what happened next? Did you go to university? I mean, I know that you studied at Berkeley, but was that straight away? Oh, this, I mean, I was just playing lots of gigs and playing on the traps and applying yep. over there. And, and then next thing you know, you know, traveling around, learning stuff there, but also learning from other people off the scene. And yeah entertainers and stuff and people just hanging out with as many diverse players and people that were better than me I'm, you know, I'm still doing it that's probably what comes back to my whole you know real supportive of other players and stuff right because for me it's like well if you can't beat them you gotta join them because there's so <laughs> many bloody great dudes out there and yep. great musicians and Totally People agree. that may not be in the limelight, but man, like I've met so many cats that are in the background that mm. are just like, oh, I'm just really humbled. I've, I've, you know, I play a bit of blues guitar. This guy's, you know, doing orchestras and all that. So, right. you know, yeah. and like you were talking to me about before, you know, how you're working with that dude and he's done all that stuff. And it's just so, yeah. 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 That's the funny thing about the music industry, isn't it? <laughs> is that, is that you know some people are in the limelight and that's fine but there are also this whole other community of amazing yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not it's, sometimes it's just not their job or ambition to be in the limelight their their job is a more like you say more of a background role um but they're so incredible yeah man. and like someone the other day said did you know ask me did you watch the music awards and i was like, no <laughs> why would i watch that um and and then we ended up in a conversation about about that sort of thing and i was and i was making the point you know if the music awards were really like if the universe made sense then so many people would win the awards that no one's ever heard of you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah these totally. people are so they're so fucking amazing at what they do and the yeah. professional turd polisher goes to it should, it should have been me for years <laughs> i played on all sorts of weird stuff yeah this bit goes out of time yeah and it's weird and then you make up some riff and then it turns into a feature that leads into a solo and yeah that was yeah that was planned okay yeah we were going seven eight that right. time we were being real clever but you know is that something you thought about though like the, the validity <laughs> of things like music awards because the more i've thought about it over the years the more i the, the more i i see the whole thing as as just absurd yeah it's a bit of a i don't know popularity competition yes exactly as a as a different way of thinking for you know the they should have more more uh, working horse awards or something. Yeah, the, the working horse awards. I like that. Maybe we should start a little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The working horse Grammy Awards. <laughs> and so, the guy that never got mentioned on that song, we're going to talk about him now. <laughs> he played the maraca. That's right. <laughs> so, you know. But he played the shit out of the maraca. <laughs> Hardest working maraca in the business. <laughs> so, yeah, so did you, you finish school? Oh, sort of, you know, yeah, 
uh, to be honest, I had a pretty crazy time in that time. I was on lots of different drugs, on lots of different, right. you know, living off different people, yeah. living, you know, paying lots of people. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a real crazy time when I was young. So it's a bit of a haze. So, no, I learned a hell of a lot. Yeah. And I've got all these different techniques and views. Yep. But it's real weird. I found that I, as much as I loved it, I didn't want to be part, you know, straight out of university funk school kind of player right yeah i always wanted to have that you know like so i'd like study with these guys and learn all that great theory and all that stuff and then i'd go and play with these crazy over the top dudes yeah and you know so i guess it's like i see it's like an adult version of my brother and my dad right, <laughs> <laughs> right. if if it makes any sense yeah, and the like. The more I saw these jazz freak crazy monsters, I, I took from that the more classical and and country and um, blues and other way I would go. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I still love do some dabble, some jazz, but like, yeah, it was. I don't know. Explaining it all. No, it makes sense to me because I see myself as kind of like a thief. You know, like I don't belong to a genre and I almost resist the idea. A couple, few times in my career, people have tried to lump me into genres and I've always, yeah. I've always fought back. Um, yeah, totally, man. Because I see myself as, as like someone who breaks in in the middle of the night and steals a few riffs or steals a few ideas. And then what I do when I'm actually doing it is some sort of amalgamation yeah, <laughs> man. of all the bits I stole, you know? Well, I think that's... Yeah. And this is another thing I saw was dudes that were cloning one type of player. Yeah. Like, I would come across guys that sound just like George Benson, all the George Benson right. looks in the world. And I was like, this is amazing. But yeah, I don't know if I want to be like... I want to... I've I've taken a lot from different influences. Yeah. And after over the years and years of seeing it, I kind of think of it like university degree or not. Yeah, you can play or you can't play. Because right. I've met dudes that are you know, and they look like the local professor and they're really cool. <laughs> but it's like people you know just ignore them in the background and then you see the guy next door playing a couple of chords and like but yeah. real crazy with the rhythms and but there's a hook. So it's like I don't want to get too musical nerdy, but like. Be able, you know, the people can dig it, but at the same time, showing subtly that you know. Well, I think it's also you know you realise cool that what happens on stage is a different skill. You know, like yeah, yeah. you can sit in your bedroom and mathematically work this whole thing out, but at the end of the day, whether you can step up when it's showtime and actually light the place up, you yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah. a different thing. And I and I remember um, a couple of years ago we played at Selwyn Sounds and. Um, and uh, I'm now I'm trying to remember the name of the band, but it was a like a super band made up of um, all these um, older musicians from some of the more famous bands in the past. Mm. And, um, you know, straight up rock and roll, you know, guys from Hello Sailor and Dragon and those sorts of... Dragon, maybe? I forget now. But, but mm. no, those sorts of guys. And and I I was blown away by their show. Yeah, it was yeah. so fucking good. And most of it is like musically quite simple mm. for a for an advanced player you know you kind yeah, of go totally. oh yeah there's nothing crazy going on there but it was so fucking good yeah yeah I, I was just blown away by it you know and and um they were just digging in leaning in just giving it shit you know and it i felt like i i had my ass handed to me yeah. attitude goes a long way yeah eh? yeah and fucking being in the whole thing that's right yeah so was berkeley um early was that soon after school like yeah it's like 18 19 right so, yeah and did you go to the states to do that or do you correspondence yeah yeah so i went around boston and that yeah and i thought i was going to be a jazz freak and then you know i got confronted by every jazz freak <laughs> imaginable <laughs> yeah. kicking my ass all over the place yeah and then i eventually went more into the neoclassical stuff right you know in i'm seeing arpeggios and I thought, you know, if I can get into classical, and then I bumped into doing a few little funny country sessions, and then they were kind of scary. It's like, yeah, so you're one of them Mexicans. You better play country, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, I, I learned country looks survive, you know, more ways than one. Man. Those country players are, are crazy good. Oh, eh? absolutely, man. I, so, I, I, I think they're some of the best guitar players in the world. Oh, mate. Because they can yeah. adapt to anything, their session, yep. mother, you know, and mate, and they're clean. Hard up. They don't hide anywhere. Hard up. You know, it's all feel, it's all tone, it's all clean. Yeah, um, you have to be so on the game to get that stuff right. Absolutely, and yeah. it's totally different. Like from jazz and rock, it's all about you know, and blues. Mm. It's all about the closed strings and the closed chords. They're all doing the crazy open string banjo stuff yeah. while doing, you know, it's like, it's nuts. We well, see someone like Vince Gill go oh, for mate. it. Oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my and, man. 
yeah oh fuck he scares me if I, <laughs> if I ever need to be scared i watch him on youtube but um you know he's he's playing i mean he's playing fast i'm not always that interested in fast but i love it when certain people do it yeah, yeah and yeah. um he's um he's playing fast and every note is perfectly delivered you know yeah, yeah, you could yeah. you could isolate every note in the recording and it would be a full note no skimming or anything yeah mate. and clean eh? clean yeah but he's also responding perfectly to whatever progression is happening underneath him yeah so yeah. it's obviously this whole intellectual process going on too and that's why he scares me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like brent mason and those yeah those session guys and, they, and i mean they, they're specialists at country but then they can play blues and then yeah. they can play hard rock and right. then they can do jazz cherokee it's just like yeah Jesus. so when because i remember when i first went to the states I was <laughs> I was genuinely unsure how I would do. Like I was just yeah, like, of course, you know, it's a like big the, wide world. I yeah, was... and this is like where the real cats are, you know. Yeah, like, can I keep up with these guys? And I was and I was surprised that I did all right, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, did you have a similar feeling when you went over there? Yeah, man. I, I yeah, I was like, you know, I'm getting thrown to the deep end with these <laughs> these super nine armed alien shred monsters exactly. going to beat me up all over the place. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I played some cool stuff and made them laugh and right. did all right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, still doing that today. <laughs> so then you come back and you're um, you're not far away from your first album, I guess, at this point. Well, I actually burnt out and off my head and did, yeah, I mean, then I came back and did a whole lot of different shows all over the place yeah. and, you know, yeah, I did, I did do a record which I really hate, which I never want to see the, you know, it was like Satriani at vocal <laughs> <laughs> and the worst tone in the world and I really you know it was a good learning curve you know oh really not, that, I don't that, want to be like that yeah 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 <laughs> but that's interesting is that something that you've now taken down or is it still out there oh mate I, I'm hoping to wipe it off the place of the earth <laughs> if you look you know I look like, it's like oh, you got, it's off, really... when we stop recording you got to tell me what it is <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to hold me at ransom <laughs> yeah yeah we've all got that shit though right yeah so yeah. I've, I did a whole lot of different recordings and a whole lot of different um playing as a session player and yeah. playing with different bands and then 2000 yeah it all it, it got funny in 2008 i did this funny instrumental guitar one minute recording thing right and my mate sent it into the rock because there was this there was this uh guitar competition and the prize was over ozzy osbourne and he sent this thing in and i was i was like what it's just full of mistakes and horrible and then they rang me up saying you're top of the pile you've won this you're opening for ozzy osbourne oh shit and then yeah so that happened in 2008 and did you have any caught on profile at that point or were you no it's just some unplucked bomb out of the sky that happened to have a funny little uh, demo that day right (laughs) and 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 am i right in saying that ozzy and black sabbath are some of your guys like you're you know you looked up to them as a kid Hell yeah, man. I was like, are you kidding me? Randy Rhodes? Yeah. Zach Wild? What? Right. So this is like an unbelievable dream come true. At the time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, rock to Wellington. I mean, it was a fluke, really. My mate sent it in and I didn't... I thought it was, you know... I I was like, man, that's bad. (laughs) But but they thought it was really good. But, you know, as you get really picky at your recordings... Yeah, of course. So I did that gig and then not long after that, I got phone call from this guy oh we're getting Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple out here and we're just wondering you know we're kind of looking for a guitar player well you don't need to look no further sir what am I going to do the moonwalker hell yeah (laughs) so I did that gig and then I think it was like I got another call out in John's guitar I saw your video of yours and wants you to uh, would you be would you be able to open up for us at Dunedin alright so I did that yeah and then not long after that, I think I met up with this crazy band, Alabama Three, who uh, did the soundtrack to Sopranos. Right. Where are they from? Uh, are UK. They from, oh, right. I was going to say, are they from Alabama? I guess not. Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like, yeah, oh, I had a real funny time. Right. Because I went backstage and everyone was like, oh my God, you're the guys who wrote the soundtrack to Sopranos. <laughs> and the guy was like, you know, he had an Elvis haircut and I said, holy shit, it's Elvis Presley. What are we drinking, mate? <laughs> So like, who the hell are you? You never met me. I'm your new guitarist. And then I play guitar. And then next thing you know, I'm on stage with them. And then we toured New Zealand and Australia. 
Because you're play, playing in the band, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then my, and then I came back and opened up for Slash. That was another funny call. Yeah. yeah. So Slash. what was that like meeting Slash? <laughs> he seems he seems like a good dude. He is a good dude. Very yeah. humble and really, you know, it was really really buzzy. Yeah. Before our gig, he came. In, oh, have a good gig, guys! I'm like, holy crap, man! It's Slash, <laughs> we're not worthy. <laughs> and then after the gig, I was like, yeah, he has some really good playing, man. I was like, oh, mate, you know, I'll show you all my tricks if we can swap gigs next week. You can play the Tower Packy in. Uh, <laughs> I'll do Wembley Randall for you know I'll wear the top hat in the week yeah know? yeah <laughs> get a perm for the day I always wonder about Slash does he always wear the leather pants and the top hat is that his just everyday clothes does he go to the shops like that oh sometimes wears a trucker cap because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when he doesn't have his sunglasses on and he pulls his hair back he's almost unrecognisable isn't it yeah he's kind of like Clark Kent and Superman yeah well I guess that's his that's his shtick you know well he spent most of his career sort of covered up yeah, and yeah. I don't, then you start to sort of think maybe not so much recently but I remember in the past going I don't actually know what he looks like <laughs> behind the hair you know? well from what I heard it's yeah. like he's wasted again quick <laughs> chop the sunnies on cover him up oh that makes sense <laughs> he was an absolute alky and you know, yeah. I love the guy but yeah. he's telling you know at times, you know, oh, we can't let him see his face. He's, you know, he got yeah. some, he was 90. He's just been on a drinking binge for five weeks. And... Yeah, I read his book. It was a ride. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, think, I think he's sober now, eh? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think he got some pacemaker or something and he has to be on to it. Right. Yeah. But no, he was a really cool dude. It was a real honourable thing. I mean, Yeah. And that was um, around, what, what year was that? Oh, I think it was 2000 and... 12 or 13 years ago right yeah. long ago yeah and then i just and then how long after that i so i did the did, i did some things in Al- with alabama three guys in england came back and, and you then, recorded an album there right yeah, yeah yeah well that's just happened recently that's oh well i've recorded on a few of their albums but now they've a cool thing happened where i've recorded an album and you know the management who's working with them is now my management over there which right. is pretty cool yeah and um did an album that was all meant to release and I was meant to be flying golden helicopters in London right now but here I am <laughs> so the album that came out in 2012 is that the album that you don't want to talk about oh no though oh, I think that was the wreckage yeah, no that was right. cool that yeah, was right. cool okay. I got no problems with that right you know? gotcha yeah you know, there's a there's a solo record I did years ago the, oh I see I, I sold at pubs and man and was the one in 2012 was that recorded in London or was the no that was under oh, we were signed at a little label here and did right. it here yeah and then the band went over to London and had a jam and um, opened up for the Alabamas and did a few things over there yeah yeah and it must have been soon after that that you met up with Barnaby Ware right yeah well that was pretty funny well I'm trying to remember when you started <laughs> playing with them was that early was that like 2013 or 14 or something and that was pretty funny um 2014, yeah. Oh man, when was that? <laughs> Woo, 2013 or something like that. Yeah. Well, basically, I had a gig in uh, in Wellington, and Bar- and you know, Barney was at the gig, and we had a couple of drinks after, and <laughs> and I was a bit like, oh yeah, so yeah, so you know, I hear you know, Aaron's gone, and that you know. You guys looking for a guitar player? I'll do the gig, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you put your hand up? Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's something yeah. to do. And yeah. then, you know, we're having a few drinks over it and I'm, you know, having a laugh over it, mate, you know. You guys play the laid back stuff and I'll get up and wake them up for a bit. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was wondering that because, you know, like I, I can imagine that Hendrix would have struggled to play in certain situations <laughs> because he had he he obviously was amazing but he had his very unique kind of voice as a musician and i don't know if it's possible to be that narrow these days nah i mean like i i loved hendrix but also love you know an old rogers and and yeah, uh, oh, fuck yeah. You know, different certain players that will play in the pocket or do that's something right. that's like that's something I've learned over the years. I mean, to step out and be the guitar guy, yeah. But also to you know to be, you know, I guess, empathetic to the song and the melody and playing for Absolutely. the people and letting the song stand out, but having a nice, well arranged part. That, yeah. You know. So do you find it challenging to to adjust what you're doing to suit the pretties, or is that just part of what your experience has been? Nah, man. I I went with it. I mean, yeah. when it was my song, it was you know blues rock you know yeah yeah cool stuff but yeah no i mean 
I'll do my best to adapt to every situation. I mean, you know, okay, we're gonna gonna play a nice acoustic one. All right, I've got the Jackson and the Marshall ready. No. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you know. What do you mean? <laughs> I know musicians like that. <laughs> yeah, I was one of them for a while. Right, right. <laughs> but I had to pull my head, and you know. Well, it was that. I mean, was it working with people like, like um, artists like Fly My Pretties that helped you? like refine that skill of you know it being more adaptable oh totally and yeah. you know also told by different bands in different parts of the world you know okay you can shut the fuck up for that part there <laughs> <laughs> look mate you know and then i just realized it's it's like you know for 90 percent of the time you've got to be a really good rhythm player yeah and then you have your time to shine and then you fucking pull back and you know right. you like not to stand on everyone's toes yeah and that yeah that's that's how I see it. As fun as it is to be, you know, Eddie Van Malmsteen on P over a fucking... <laughs> uh, bro, we're playing... A... <laughs> oh, this is a Cat Stevens number, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know. And have you dealt much with the, the kind of the tall poppy vibe that New Zealand has? Because one thing that I've always thought very highly of you about, did I say that right? Oh, that cheers, mate. No, one, one thing that I, I think that you're great at is putting yourself out there and being busy and marketing yourself and branding yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like everyone sort of is aware of what you do. And um, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not sure if you've been, if you've had some kind of hit back over... I think what, self-promotion you know like a lot of New Zealand does not like self-promotion right I think what's happened is I was in the little f- fishbowl here and you know yeah. yeah don't 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 be too braggadocious don't do this don't do that and right I went overseas and then you know it's it's like it's entertainment you know and I'd be auditioning up against guitarists I'm the greatest guitar player of all times <laughs> you know and, and then I go yeah I'm alright and I wouldn't get the gig as much yeah and I mean it's not like I'm gonna be like yeah that's right I'm the king but I'm gonna be like you know I'm confident in my abilities right but I'm, I'm not gonna be a serious like that's right I'm the man <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm gonna be like I'm taking the person yeah. yeah well I'll just muck around on guitar a bit and, you know, and have fun with it right and just because I rec- I found that with the with the gigs I get you know as 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 cool as the playing is if they feel like they can hang out with this guy on the road and he's funny and he's gonna make it lighthearted you yeah know? yeah well I've always thought there's there's a little bit of tongue in cheek yeah totally you, right yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and I'm taking the piss out of me and all things all the time and- I mean what was the story with the the Jimi Hendrix thing you were talking at some point in the past about um, being like Jimi Hendrix Jimi Hendrix reincarnate <laughs> and I and I was never sure like do you mean literally or do you mean that is, is this like well I've got to be honest with you yeah, yeah I mean to be honest like a few years ago I did this Jimi Hendrix tribute thing right yeah <laughs> And I was wearing the wig, and my sister took a photo, and there was this weird, crazy shadow in the background. And then I went, you know, I went to this fortune teller, and they were like, "That, that's Jimi Hendrix. He came to visit you, and you meant to do this and this and this." And and I've got no proof, and this is all conspiracy theory, really. Right, but, right. But it's a pretty bizarre, crazy, wonderful story. And then a year later, I'm you know flying around the world and doing all these crazy things. And then in England, they're like. Yeah, this guy is like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, you know? like, well, cool man. I'm past the 27 age club now, but yeah, you know, give us a gig, mate. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm king. And um, so yeah, I guess it's just a. Uh, that's my little Robert Johnson story. I never, I never sold my soul to the Crossroads or anything. I right. practiced a whole lot of guitar, and but there's a funny little photo of me on the internet with a what looks like a ghost while I'm playing a Jimi Hendrix tribute. Right. And I can't really tell you the story about it but it's all pretty buzzy and but is it something that you believe literally that you were that you are reincarnate well to be honest i don't know or is it or or is it more in keeping with that tongue-in-cheek it's a good story and it will you know add to this add to the whole brand i guess it's rock and roll you know (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time i i've always felt that yeah man i want to play up there with my heroes and be like eddie van halen and yeah. Jimi hendrix and c ray vaughn one day yeah and i guess i haven't grown up and i've been a kid thinking that <laughs> way all my life and people are like bro it's time to settle down mate you know you just gotta 
play your chords in the background. You know? Yeah. And but you know, well, I get the channeling thing. Like I often, I often think about um, John Lennon and Bob Dylan and people yeah, like that when I'm, when I'm singing because for some reason they kind of focus me. Yeah, um, that's cool, man. But that's a channeling thing, which I I don't know if that's what you mean. Oh yeah, I definitely channel stuff. I mean, yeah. even when I'm playing these gigs for Aaron, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm channeling his his buzz and his vibe and. You know, some of the stuff I was playing on the weekend, it's hard not to hold the tears back because, like, right. man, you know, yeah, we've had some crazy, crazy times, you know. Oh yeah, and a heavy show too. I mean, a beautiful way of celebrating his life, that you know, keeping his music alive and by learning his stuff as well. I feel like I've been learning him more as a person, you know, with his lyrics and his story. And yeah, and man, we had some crazy times. There were times, you know, we'd go to the bar and we'd be both in our get up, and people were like, you know, who the hell are these guys? And I was like, yep, he's famous. Get us some piss, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. yeah, well, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I was curious, you know, of, of what to, to make of the story. Um, and, and whether you like do you consider yourself a spiritual person or someone of faith or someone you know i don't go to church you know yeah i'm always hung over but upon <laughs> <laughs> the sunday right but no i mean i really yeah i believe there's a bigger power i believe yeah man like i don't know i i i, I feel like i kind of come from that branch of you know, on the same sort of cloth as Aaron Tochner and, mm-hmm. and you know, Tom Marina, who's just passed, the Once a Warriors fella. He was a mentor of mine for years. And, yep. and we all, we all Doug Hendricks, you know, and there's this dude that got plucked out of the world, this, you know, and just went there and you know, took over that, you know, Clapton and Jeff Beck and that and just blew the whole world up overnight. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was a crazy thing for me. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and so are you. Are you a political person too? You, you, yep. You, you, you are. <laughs> I'm used to people avoiding that question. Yep. I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say it how it is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I think there's been lots of complaints about the Labour thing, but hey, we're in the safest country in the world right now, and I'm I'm cool with that. You can't and, deny that, eh? And you know, mate, if Judy was in charge, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> And, it, yeah. and and this might get me in a whole lot of trouble, and I might not be getting them uh, Trump rally gigs. But you know, it's time to get out of the White House, mate. Absolutely, you, you've uh, lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the end. <laughs> so there's my political rant for the day. Well, I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, I was very concerned about Judith getting in. No, oh, mate. And uh, and uh, yeah, I I don't. I think it's fair to say all politicians are politicians, and you can't hundred percent trust any of them. But. But, um, you know, the position that Jacinda Ardern has put us in is totally. one of the best positions in the world. And I just can't understand how people can't appreciate that. Yeah, totally. It confuses the shit out of me. Oh, it's, uh, well, there's people who think about the whole world or the whole country yeah. and the safety of everyone. Yeah. And then there's people who would prefer their back pockets lined because, you know, we don't need lockdowns, the economy. Right. And, and to me, it's like, well... You know, but yeah. how come they can't understand that the economy would be well and truly fucked if the virus takes hold here? Because sadly, some of them are deniers as well that go down that whole rabbit hole. Yeah, of, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They don't agree with <coughs> the basic common sense, so they're never going to get on board with an intelligent conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's been it's been a really weird time. There's been a certain conspiracy party that's yeah people on my case as well. <laughs> well, a certain conspiracy party was also co-run by you know a certain someone, guy. someone who used to be part of the wider music family. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh look, man! Oh, like I always love his father, and yes, oh, always, of course, yeah. I'll always have love for Mutter, and yeah, and they're really cool dudes, and you know, like I've known Billy for years, and mm. I don't want to run the guy down. I don't believe in what at all for what he's doing politically. I always support him as as a musician at the time, but right. You know, to hear those rumours as well in that area, you know, that wasn't so cool. But I'll, I'm just going to leave it at that. I certainly don't agree with them. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> what you mean. You know, we've we've been careful on the show not to slag any people, anyone off. Hmm. You know, um, I think the only person we've actually named and properly slagged off on the show was Matt Coleman because he, oh, he mate. because he fleeced Avalanche City. You know, like Fair hundreds enough. of thousands of dollars, and as far as we're concerned, he can go fuck himself. Fair enough, mate. You know, um, but. Um, yeah, that the 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 situation this year was weird. Yeah, dude. And uh and uncomfortable Hard to watch. But I I guess it's in the past now. And yep, uh you got dumped right. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 9% mate. No, sorry. <laughs> 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 
But I, I mean, how do you feel now? You know, now we're coming to the end. It's what, what I don't even know what date it is. It's late November right now, right? So it's it's been a wild year. Um, but you know, Biden got through. Jacinda got through. We lost the the weed referendum, which sucks. Yeah, but, yeah. But overall, things feel a bit optimistic now, right? Well, you know, pe- people took sanity, you know, for an option, and that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it though? Well. <laughs> Well, yes, having Trump run the world, yes. I, 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 Two hundred thousand deaths, mate. You know, and and here's my here's here's what I'm gonna say. It's a wonderful day, everybody. And uh, you don't wear a face mask, and you know, never mind the scientists. It's all fake news. Yeah. Right? Hey, everybody. Yeah. You know. It's fucking strange, man. If this was a movie, no one would believe it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been a it's been a totally bizarre year with the whole COVID and yeah. the whole po- politics has just been thrown in my face and I've been going, you know, fuck you and fighting back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're <laughs> a fucking it- whack job. Fuck <laughs> off, you know. And and Aaron was doing the same, yeah. Yeah, he was a bit more hard out than me, but I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how are you actually doing these days? Well, you know, I'm, uh, to be honest, like I was doing all right and doing a few gigs, mm. but um, this year. Like I'm still signed in England to uh, my English management deal, yeah. And I've just spent a whole year. Like I came up with 74 songs and recorded the demos and just been sending them back and forth to England. And they finally like about 12 of them, and they want more. Right. And so I've just been shaping my blues country record together. And the harmonica player Nick Reynolds is going to be playing on it from our Alabama Three. He's really awesome. And he played on the EP you did last year. Last <laughs> yeah, year? that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, but we're doing a full album together and similar vibe to the EP. Yeah, more finger picking style. Cool. You know, I've yeah. Got more country fired cowboy stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, it's like I've gone right back to sort of Blind Blake and and then a bit of Shed Atkins style and nice. you know Robert Johnsony sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, so I've been focusing on that and doing a whole doing a whole lot of gigs and stuff and doing the Aaron stuff and mm. I've got a few yeah, a few little festival gigs coming up over the summertime but Have you held have you held up okay this year, both emotionally and and financially, you know, throughout the lockdowns and the worry we've all been under and everything? To be honest, you know, all I've been doing is smoking a whole lot of weed, drinking alcohol <laughs> and playing guitar. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. <laughs> Oh, I've got to survive somehow, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, so I just, I, in that lockdown, I was just practicing as much as I can and, mm. and trying to learn stuff from other players that I don't quite have, you know, and, and uh, writing a few songs and, yeah, just working at that and some drunken stone hazy days. But, <laughs> and then, it, yeah, no, I, I thought the first lockdown was a cool little, you know, holiday almost. Right. The second one was a bit, you know, a bit harder because I cancel. I had to cancel all these gigs, yeah. and I wasn't. You know, it was like that for me too. Like the first one was almost a novelty. I was mm. like, "This is a weird, interesting, crazy yeah, yeah. experience." And the second time, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Mm. You know, and it was like a third of the time or something. Was the first? I mean, well, the first one was what two months, and the second one was like two weeks, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of yeah weird for that second one because yeah. I was like oh I just booked all these cool gigs and they, uh, they sold out and then oh postpone and how how long is the um the Aaron shows going to continue so we've got one more Wellington December the 18th San Fran Bathhouse and yep. it's going to have well you know the uh, I'll just talk about my band my yep. buddy Barnaby Ware is going to be there and uh-huh. Ben Fulton who used to play with the Hori Buzz Hori uh, on the bass yeah because he's a hoary follow you better catch that plane this time <laughs> and Tuma on the drums this fella Hannaday Carr and there's going to be uh, what's his name Booger Beasley's going to be there I've never met him I've always been a fan of those dudes you right. know crazy uh, rock, tongue and choke, cheek rock and roll dudes yeah, so it's yeah. here like a whole dudes oh that's awesome and, <laughs> then, and, and then 2021 is that going to be the new album is that your focus? Yeah, so that's the focus. New yeah. album and a whole lot of cool stuff happening, I hope. And, you know, apparently the vaccines come out, but, you know, cue anti-vaxxers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be a whole... We'll, we'll other... take the polio and the measles, but this one, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's just crazy, isn't it? We're fucking living in a comedy alternate universe. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to get a lot of guitar haters and people after this interview. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Sorry, Trumpos. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been, it's, it's been awesome hanging out, dude. Yeah, and, um, totally. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, man. And, um, and I wish you well going forward. Oh, cheers, man. Thanks for having me, Dan. And work it. Jimmy Cara. Yeah. What a conversation. Did you enjoy that? It was fun, right? We sat around for another hour or so after that chatting about politics and about random industry shit. And uh, he's a good dude. He's eccentric. But I like him. So thanks, Jimmy, for coming on the show. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. And uh, we've got one more episode left for the year. And then we'll be taking a little break and uh, figuring out what to do in 2021. What a year it's been, right? One of the wildest years any of us has ever had, surely. Hopefully things settle down next year, but we'll see what happens. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you on the next one. If you find what we're doing useful and you like this podcast, please do like, share, and subscribe, and give us a review on iTunes.